And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both detailing success and the detail mafia, Rennie Doyle. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Mike, Michael's telling me to fix my hair. Uh, that's oh, yeah? Funny. Yeah, you probably it's should. It's a little messy yeah, this got, morning. He's got cool hair. So, hey, good morning, man. How's everybody doing? Everybody good, I hope. Um, you know, we've got Michael's here. Uh, really, I'll let him introduce himself. Good friend of ours. He's been on the podcast before. A year ago right now, he was in Vegas talking to uh, our think tank, the Mafia. And uh, we uh, had you as a guest speaker. A lot of people, when we announced this, were going on and saying, oh, man, dude's, you know, he's gold. Uh, he's going to lay it down. So introduce yourself. We had some fun, right? We had some fun. Yeah. We had some fun. Yeah, so my name is Michael Barnett, uh, customer service expert. Um, I try to help businesses move their business from acceptable customer service to exceptional. And there are six core practices that we talk about that uh, help people to do that. And that's in the book, Customer Relationship Imprinting. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just all about what can we do to kind of help somebody's business. Maybe you already have great customer service, but how can you make it exceptional? Right. And, and things are changing. The world's changing. The world, the world is changing a lot. In a year. And yeah. Those, but you know what has it? I mean, last year, a year ago, we're talking about how we're on. You know, we're all watching the economy. We're all expecting it to reset. I don't know how. I mean, you think it's just going to collapse or you think it's going to just be a, a a reset, kind of correct itself a little bit? Or what are you thinking? I think the biggest thing is, um, as entrepreneurs, you have to be prepared for everything. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to your service, if you're at the top of your service game and if you are delivering exceptional service, you're, you're providing you're some sort okay. of service mm -hmm. that people can't live without or don't choose to live without because they want to pamper themselves. Right you'll be fine. Right. But we, in terms of the actual economy, yeah, it's a scary, it's a scary time. For sure. Well, it's weird because we got everything in, you know, with Israel going on, we've got, you know, the East. I mean, it's just, you know, election year coming I mean, up. Yeah. Election year coming up. We've got, you know, I mean, inflation's just stupid government spending. And then, you know, I'm going to make this point. We're going to talk about it a little bit. And this really is just, Chris always says this, it's a conversation kind of you and I, we go all the way back. So a little history, we went to high school together. That's so right. You, he, these these poor guys. So they they bust these guys from Grand Terrace because I lived on the bottom section, right? They lived up on top. They bust you guys down to Colton High because you guys Grand Terrace didn't have a high school, right? That's right. What was your first day impression of Colton High? Was it a little weird? I've never asked anybody from Grand Terrace that. You know, I, it's so funny when people talk about that. They remind me that I came from Grand Terrace, but it never felt like oh, you know, I'm amongst you know people I. That didn't yeah, know what yeah, it yeah. looked like or whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I never. We didn't it see wasn't. That it wasn't until after the fact that people were like, "Hey, you went to Colton? No, that was predominantly Hispanic and predominantly like, oh yeah, yeah I it guess was because it <laughs> it's. Fun. I always. But say I noticed that. that it was good. Good food everywhere. Yeah, right? it and, was. And I mean, good friends. I remember because ju Colton Junior High was rough, and I remember the first day of high school. I was going, man, this is going to be cool, you know. <laughs> and it was a melting pot, and we just, you know, we had everything, man. You had every, and that's why I don't really believe in clicks because I think you were the same way. I mean, I dug the band. I dug the stoners. I dug, didn't partake. Um, I dug the gang members. I mean, we just, I mean, I, I was an kind of an athlete. Um, you know, that was probably the group I spent the least amount of time with. 
That's interesting. Yeah. You know? I, well, for me, I actually spent my freshman year at a whole different high school. Right. In uh, in Hemet. So I didn't I didn't get to Colton until my uh, my sophomore year. Yeah. So um so by that time I wasn't a freshman anymore and uh, right. you know didn't have that freshman stamp on me. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it was great. That's that's but, where we met. We, yeah, we, we kind of were in similar circles. We did. But, we came. Uh, we've yeah. so you're the, we, we and it's it, 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 I'm tying this back to business. You got to weave into it, everything. Yeah, you got to be a part, you know, of everything. Is you can't be, you can't be singular. You can't you know? silo yourself. No, and, man. Yeah. Is that you know I've been real lucky with 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 I've always come through through my career when I when I started becoming you know um, I never planned to be known in the industry. I didn't care. You know, somebody said something to me this week, and they were, they 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 were like, oh, man, you're a media you know blank 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 not a nice word and um. Media whore, I'll say it. And I said, you know what? That's so funny because if if that person knew me, really knew me, I, I'm not comfortable. It's not my idea. My idea, my whole life is to live where I live in the mountains, somewhere, uh, preferably Idaho, Montana, something like that, and not be a hermit, but live in a small town with small town values, which is kind of big bear, and not be known, and just be a part of my community still be a, a part of search and rescue till the day I die put into my community and just, you know, my, our kids are grown. Our kids are raised, love my wife, love my dogs, love my house, uh, love our horses, love God and country and live out my days. But you know, it's funny um, just by doing those things, you rise to the top because a lot of people maybe um, don't, live out some of those values so people kind of look at that and mm. i think there's no way to be um a quiet silent voice when you're standing up for things that matter and you're oh um, boy and you're supporting other people to, you know to your point about going to high school um i think at the end of the day i believe we're on this planet to serve one another and and when we have that mentality um, those opportunities happen to keep coming to us in different shapes and forms and and it pushes us up to the top of uh top of the opportunity list because oh. you know again our agenda is to serve others not to be served or get something out of it if you you know you've, you've lived long enough in the entrepreneurial world the people that oh man i'm gonna make it big i'm gonna be number one they're the ones that are at the bottom of the pile yep. they're always clawing up and nobody you know they just can never make it because they're really it's self-serving and so um my hope is really as we kind of have our time today that people walk away from this and they say, what can I do to serve those under my care? The people that work for me or the people I work for, uh, Amen. the client, the, uh, the coworker, the employee, the employer, what can I do to serve them? Hey, you, you know, it comes down to a lot of people, you know, especially in, in our industry. And I, I was one of them when, before I say that I was one of them is when we hire people, especially because we're skill-based, we're skill-based trade, right? And everybody has their their trade secrets. Not anymore. Um, we are like electrical. We're like the electrical union. You bring an apprentice, apprentice, you train them. They become journeymen. They leave. And so my mentality was, I, you know, we we didn't we we wanted to help people succeed, uh, but I I looked at it wrong to the masses of my of my my staff. I needed to help everybody succeed even the weak ones that even the people we fired you know and i've got a couple people in an industry um you know it's funny because a, a guy named james uh worked for us james was a young guy probably had massive adhd 
And and so him and I, because I've got it. And so we butted heads a little bit. He was a really good soul. And I remember really trying to mentor and coach. Matter of fact, this this desk used to be a display for a, a motorcycle we built. And if you look over on the other side, it's tilted down. And so this was, this was uh, we'd take this to big shows and place this huge motorcycle on display and demos and stuff, right? So this was underneath, I had an H1 Hummer, you know, in the shop. And this was underneath it because it weighs 600 pounds. And I told him, I said, hey, pull the Hummer out, but make sure not to run over. When you pull it back in, don't hit the display deck. Well, it's angled over there because he ran the Hummer <laughs> right up along the edge of it and tilted it. And I remember being so angry at him because this thing was so expensive. Now it's the perfect desk. But flash forward, his family's from England. He was born and raised half his life in London. I was always kind to the kid. He was just, he was a wreck when he worked with us because he was young, right? But I really enjoyed him and I tried to mentor and coach him. And many years later, I was going over, ah, the decade, I was going over to an event in London and he saw it online. And he reached out to me and we went and had lunch and he'd grown up and we became really super close. And he sat down and he goes, you know what I, he says, you were always patient with me when at times when I don't know why you had patience. And I said, well, maybe there's a little bit of you, a little bit of me and you that I saw. And we became, I, I, I had three trips over to the UK, saw him in all three trips. Second trip, I found out he had terminal cancer. Hmm young i mean young and the last time i saw him this kind of emotional was our last trip over before covid and he really told me some kind things i mean and and uh and and it was and i asked him for some constructive input on my my leadership and my heart and everything else and the things i had done and he gave it to me you know some of it wasn't real easy to 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 swallow but it made me a better person um, and I wanted to show him that all of us have to grow and I'll never forget. We said goodbye to each other. And I took about 20 paces and I turned around and he's looking back at me and we walked back up. Ooh. We walked back up and gave each other a hug and it was the last time I saw him. Well, wow. it was literally just weeks later he passed away. But you know, it's a reminder that we have only so much time to invest in those around mm. and ourselves and ourselves. And the truth is, we can look back at the clock and say, what happened to the time? We're at, we're at an age now where we start looking back like, wow, am I really this old? And oh, yeah, has absolutely. really this much time passed? And it's going to happen to you. I mean, if yeah. you're listening, you're 20-something. We The only difference between you, if you're 20 and listening to this or 18 or young, it doesn't matter. The only difference between you and us is we've been young, you haven't been old. Yeah. You know, and there's a big difference in that. Not that we know it all, because I learned so much from the means youth. We've made a lot more mistakes. Yeah, so <laughs> we screwed up, man. We just don't want you to do... We don't want you to follow those. So that leads into this. So SEMA last week, Chris, it was, we were still, I was talking to Chris yesterday uh, when my stupid phone would work. We were exhausted. I mean, you, you, you spoke at our event. So we reversed it. This year we had our, when you spoke at our event, we had it on Saturday at the end of SEMA. This time we put it on Monday before SEMA. So it was pretty cool. Okay. We just wanted Everybody's to see how it fresh. worked. Yeah. Got so it. we wanted to see how it worked and it went over well. Um, then we roll into SEMA last week. Incredible. Five takeaways. Chris will add into it. First off, we threw our party. Thank you for everybody, our sponsors, um, so many people that contributed gifts, giveaways, and then to the detailers. Some of you guys are just starting out, yet you put 10 bucks into it. 
And I'm happy to say, Chris, what's the total as of last night that we've brought in? I'm we're hovering right around twenty eight thousand dollars that we that so we raised you, for for SEMA cares. So I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to get it up to thirty. Is that we're 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 not going to call it. So if you guys want to, um, God, you still got an opportunity to make it. This is a big because this goes straight to SEMA cares and the foundations for kids that they support, and, and a huge portion of this goes to the to the true. Uh, nonprofits instead of eating up, you know, money. SEMA is big enough to where they don't have to eat this up. So for the detailing industry to come in, and 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 for the the the, the biggest suppliers out there in in, in the in the in the in the industry, to the to the littlest new person or people that are just pro amateurs that don't even do this for a living that put money into it, uh, it really says something about our industry. Um, do you have a list, Chris, of the some of the people that that helped us out and being successful well, there's so many the souls at that at that event is it, it was, was incredible i mean we got people we got all the tribes up we talked about at the party and having all these different tribes so we got them up there is we we this this wasn't an effort about me or the mafia or pns or dynabraid this was an effort for the industry and you can look at look at this is awesome. you know pns was right up there in dynabrate as primary sponsors you know yep and but the, look yeah, at these yeah these were just uh these are just some of our sponsors like you said pns and, and dynabrate um were our, our two main sponsors but our presenting sponsors were igl you're able buff and shine uh ceramic coatings inc car candy and then our, uh, our our silver sponsors were Detailers Roadmap, Angel Wax, Onyx Coatings, Lake Country, Auto Fiber, Ragtop, Color Lock, Dr. Color Chip, Rupes, Aquatech Coatings, Grit Guard, Detailed Image, Will Woolies, SB3 Coatings, and IK Sprayers. And, um, you know, there was, there was more beyond that. There were companies that, you know, supplied um, uh, raffle prizes. And, oh. you know, and stuff like that, you know, like flex comes to mind. They, they chipped in a bunch of raffle prizes. Um, there was, uh, an, an, a next, uh, what do they call it? next PTG paint gauge? Um, I'm going to miss a bunch because I, I honestly need to just look at all my notes, but, uh, well, but all that stuff combined helped us reach that number. Er, you know, everybody's effort, whether it was big or small is what helped us accomplish that, that number. Yeah, it, it it was amazing. Um, number two, rolling right into that, the people, man, seeing seeing some of the, the the people I've known for a career and how successful they become. Not just in you know they've made a lot of money, but they're living such a great life. You know, is they're out there? Is you know we've only have so many days. We don't know when our expiration date. And I know I talk about and some people will think that's because you're older. You know, no, man. Uh, I thought that way the first time I, I had to go dig a, a dead person out on a rescue mission. I was like, holy shit, this stuff's for, for real. You know, as you saw, you know, my great-grandmother passed away. I saw death like that. I unfortunately lost my childhood dog. But then when you go out and you see tragedy or see what other humans do to other humans and you see young people that were just snuffed out, um, it just woke me up to where Sobering moment. it is. Yeah. And, and, and it stuck with me. And I, even with those exposures, I still quite haven't gotten it right. I still, 
you know, my addiction, my I've, I've got addiction issues in my family. I, I didn't drink or use drugs or, or even smoke a cigarette because of that reason. But my addiction became overworking. Sure. And so many people. Number three from that, the party, all the tribes, over 600 people uh, rotated through the party. Uh, we had a, about a balance at the key time, about 350 people uh, at the facility. Um, thank you. The, the Everybody that showed up. It, it was unreal. I mean, the people that, that I just, we were so busy, but looking out in the audience, I tried to see as many people as I could and, and the faces were incredible. Um, our mafia. You know, and, there, that, you know? and that's, uh, that's an important part of it, right? I mean, all the sponsors are, are awesome and this couldn't have happened at the level it did without them, but it also can't help happen without all the people that just came, you know, the no, people that came, no. the people that, bought raffle tickets that contributed to the charity, all that stuff. No, you know, it, the success can't happen without our guest and without the industry that was there. So well, and all these different brands coming together and all these, the, I talked to one, one young man, there's, there's a, a shot of it for those that are on, you know, I mean, video that, or that watch was, this on YouTube pretty, live. That was pretty crowded. <laughs> that was, I'm glad somebody thought of taking that picture. Is that you that took it? I think that was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad you did it because I mean it's just incredible to get you out to that. It's it's, it's, a, it's a good time. Kevin Halewood, we said a prayer right in the middle of it. Our good friend Kevin Halewood, uh, him and his wife are the creators of Mobile Tech Expo. Uh, keep him in, his, in your prayers. He's still waiting on a heart trans, transplant. We found out that night, so we stopped the party for a second and prayed. Wow. Just said a prayer right there, and I'm sure that freaks some people out, but um, we're cool. That's what we do. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, so many of the brands inside the show, you know, were tied together. Um, I just like to see it's again collaborations happening at the top. Is all the nonsense, the bottom feeders, you, you can see them from a mile away. And now they really, we got every tribe up on that stage at the party. And then at the actual show, the people that came together is those that, that's the future of the industry. All these other. Uh, nonsense people, you know, that want to take and stir the pot is you're temporary. I hate to say it. It's temporary. As a matter of fact, you're out of my life. It was a very short lived stay. So thank you for uh, adjourning and, 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 and leaving because I just don't have room for that nonsense, especially after our party and especially after SEMA and seeing the people come together. It was more evidence that now I have less time for nonsense than ever before. Absolutely. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. And so um that's it so we're gonna dive into it we had a great time so let's talk i mean you know we were sitting here talking before it hey we're, you've never been up to, here to our place i've never been up pretty the, cool huh the last podcast i did with you which yep. was i think well over a year ago it, it was snowing the night before yeah well we'll see how bad it is and like you said it was it's like snow again <laughs> snow again it hit us uh and we're heading that way so it's pretty cool isn't it it's great yeah, yeah. we're blessed amazing. we're blessed amazing right it's, it's uh it's, it, it was gorgeous with all the oh. The trees. It's been a minute. Yeah. So, so those that don't know is that where our location is, is we're in the mountains of Southern California. Uh, we're about an hour and 20 minutes away from where we grew up, where we met. Yep. Uh, but we're at almost 7,000 feet. And so you come up into this, this Alpine setting with, you know, it's got a big lake in town and ski areas. We're going to go, we're going to go to one of my favorite spots and hang out and just, just kind of mind map some stuff out this morning and see that part of it. But it is gorgeous. So it's cool to have you there. We talked for a second. Let's talk real quick, and then we're going to jump into business and change some lives, hopefully. Your book, man. And so customer relationship imprinting. I, I, I use, as a matter of fact, in my notes, imprinting's in there. It's something, thanks to this book, 
Um, I go back and I make a list over Thanksgiving and Christmas is my reread month. And so I reread books one a week and yours is on the, yours is on the four made the list. It made the list and it's going to awesome. be read number three. Awesome. And so it's a pretty, so talk a little bit because I, I want people to understand that are listening in or watching, you know, what your expertise is and that, you know, you've paid the, you've paid the dues to get where you're at. You're not just sitting in this chair by chance. Well, it's funny. Um, I actually have a background in marketing and brand development and I kept seeing some of my marketing efforts fall apart at the, at the five yard line with the customer service piece mm -hmm. and then started doing research and saying, okay, what is it? And realized there wasn't a lot of people talking about customer service, mostly because we all think that we know what it is and we know how to deliver. Right. Yep. So as I started looking at, you know, people that are known for great customer service, whether it's the Nordstrom's, the Chick-fil-A's, the Disney's kind of, what are some of the common things they're doing? And I was able to boil down, they're doing a lot of great things, but all of them are doing six things in particular. And so those six mm. things became the basis for customer relationship imprinting. And those six pieces are really a foundation. And what I call customer relationship imprinting is that idea of we make an imprint on somebody. If we think about that baby duckling when it's first born, right? It imprints and, and it sees whoever it sees first, the imprints on that is their mom or whatever, right? Has such a indelible imprint on them that um, that's what we want to see in our business with our service. And so I believe if we do any organization that does these six practices in tandem with one another, um, we'll achieve this customer relationship imprinting, which by definition is the ability to attract, acquire, and retain more customers who follow you regardless of circumstances. And that's that last piece is the big deal. That's it. Right. Regardless of what's going on in the economy, regardless of what's happening um, within your industry regardless of you know what kind of resources you have or don't have if you are delivering exceptional customer service consistently you'll never be lacking customers that are trying to find you oh what the heck hey chris are we there yeah why what happened oh my screen just went blank i'm not gonna mess with it good oh. we're still there good my screen yeah we're my screen, my screen. everything looks good on my side okay good okay <laughs> I just can't see all of a sudden it went. And so I was like, oh no, that's, that's so, you know, okay. So taking it into this. So we, I looked back last night and roughly in my, in my career, when I was really building, when I, when I went from, I call it practicing building uh, businesses um, and really my, my teens and my twenties, I mean, I was building businesses, was successful, sold them. Right. But now looking back, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was None learning. Do. Yeah, right. Well, I was learning what I was doing. Yeah. But I look back and I had seven economic, we had seven tough economic periods during our buildup. Seven. We've got a whole generation in the last 10 years. For most of us, there hasn't been any setbacks like that. They've only seen COVID, which right. was, we all kind of sensed that was fairly temporary in terms of the impact, um, maybe lasting to a degree, but. Yeah, nothing like no the crash of two thousand eight or no. yeah. You know, you go you go back to yeah the tech the tech bubble hit. Yeah, you, you know, the late nineties. You know, we had we had a, 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 a inflation problems. Our spending was out of control. We had all these different things going on, and 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 we just haven't seen that. A lot of people are going to say, "Oh, COVID." Listen, there are so many opportunities that the government gave us to assist. And then there's also the fact that we had people with, it seemed like endless amounts 
of disposable cash. And it did hurt some businesses, but let's take the restaurant business where we're going to go today. They're, they, they went through it with flying colors because they, they saw the opportunity and they, they just, they changed. Yeah. And they made sure every time we walked in there to let it be known that they appreciated us. And so that's pretty massive, you know, and, and it's, and it's important. And so I don't think that we've seen a lack of opportunity. I think that we saw a, a, probably one of the greatest opportunities of business growth and money, a money-making period in the history of our economy. Well, it, it's interesting. It, it's all about how you view the world, right? Um, we have so many people that still now, after COVID, people talk about people that want to work. I can't get anybody to, to you know do the work. And that's true to a degree, but at some point, there's other reasons that that's that is happening and so there's a lot of organizations a lot of businesses that the economy or covid kind of told on them in how they were treating their Ooh. Uh, their customers and how they're treating their I like employees that. i like that and you know we've talked before about this idea if you have employees is you have to give them a mission beyond their paycheck yep and those businesses that are doing that that are, are finding a way to fulfill people's uh, needs um, they're the ones that are kind of rising to the surface. And so that that's just kind of one of those pieces. But as we as we look at the horizon, say, I don't know what's what's happening with the economy. My question would be to anybody is, is your business the way you're delivering your service? Is it in such a way that people can't live without? It's like the lipstick index. We've yep, talked about absolutely. this, right? Absolutely. Where they gauge economy based upon lipstick sales, right? Every yeah. time there's a poor economy or something happening, lipstick sales sales would go up because women still wanted to feel special. Well, you know, you're in an industry where people get work done oftentimes because it's a luxury. And if we have a poor economy, hopefully they'll still want to do, but they'll definitely want to do that with you if you treat them in a way that makes them feel special and and mm. that's when we get into branding and, and talk about what what branding really is. Um, it's more about how people feel, how they think, and how they interact with you as a business. Absolutely. And, 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 so let's talk for a second. We've got a wide range of people. We've got some really seasoned entrepreneurs. We've got uh, some people that are brand new. We have some people that started during COVID. I know I spoke to a couple of people last week at, at, at SEMA that were saying, you know, listen to the podcast. I'm a little worried because I kind of I'm one of those I'm one of those uh, COVID entrepreneurs. I was like, that's cool. And I said, don't worry about that. The 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 biggest the people that made the the, the biggest um, impact in their businesses um, in the last since 08 that that I've coached were people that started up in 08, 09. 2010 is because they started out lean they've understood it uh, they had to because money was money was tight yeah and so they had to give this impeccable experience and they did and here so if you're new you've got an opportunity it's day one or one day so day one you start with amazing customer imprinting customer relationships the experience because the people that are more seasoned have been around a long time. They might have to repeat themselves. They might have gotten into bad habits and they're saying one day I'm going to go into to extreme customer service experience where you've got day one 
is there's the difference. Well, what's really interesting is most people, and that would maybe even include people that are watching us now, if you ask them, how good of customer service do you provide? Most people watching say, well, we do a pretty good job. And they're probably right. But the difference between pretty good and exceptional, that space, um, there's something called the 17% factor where, according to American Express, if you and I had the same exact business mm -hmm. and I was delivering the service with acceptable or good customer service, but you were doing it with exceptional service, according to American Express, people are willing to pay you up to 17% more than they're willing to pay me. So wow. just in that alone, we, we need to think about, we all practice the 17% factor as customers. We all have places that we spend more money with because they just take good care of us. And so I help your business to be that business. That's kind of what I try to do is to be the business that people can't live without. They say, I, I go to them even if it costs a little bit more or it's not as convenient as this other option because they always take care of me. Ah. So that's where that's where the piece starts coming in when people start thinking, well, maybe my service is pretty good, but it's not exceptional. And that's my encouragement to really look soberly and honestly at your service and say, okay, what can we do better? Because there's always something that all of us can do better. So here's the, so, so going back, so let's go back through those. Now, I think I'm going into the ninth, we're going into the ninth slowdown that we've witnessed since we were started our entrepreneurial journey, right? I'm going to say the first three freaked me out, like freaked me out, right? It's like, how are we, it, how are we going to survive the this? world's ending? Yeah. And when it freaked me out, it actually took me off my game and I became probably a little desperate and a little fearful. You think people pick up that energy? I do. I think it goes back to what you're about. If you're about looking at the sky and the sky's falling, all of a sudden you're going to respond a certain way. If you're looking at, oh, things are getting bad, I need to huddle and, 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 and keep all my eggs close to me, it's going to affect your business. If you say, you know what? I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to continue to do the things that I do to take care of the people that are in my care. Somehow those are the people that always start rising to the top because again, they've looked at how can I serve those around me rather mm -hmm. than how can I keep what I, what I have right now. It's hmm. a different mentality. So it's funny. Okay. Let's go back to 08. So that was, that was, that was 08 was the eighth, yep. you know, economic impact. Right. And so what I, what I thought happened and the other ones, I was always pretty lean. We, we, we weren't as big as we were in 08. So in 08, my mentality was I can market myself out of this. I can throw a whole bunch of money in. Um, I can take and get through this and it's, I'm not going to have to get rid of anybody. Uh, the thing I didn't realize was, is I didn't use my head of what I'd seen in the past is that I needed to lean down is that's the mistake I made in 08. I needed to lean down, um, not not myself, my own spending, my spending at home, but our business. And I had to realize, okay, look at your team. Do we have weak links? Are, are, are we dragging anybody? Is there anybody that's a kind of an anchor that we've been keeping around because just keep the volume up? And I should have eliminated that. That was, that was a big mistake. Well, certainly... One of the things that, that is important as we start thinking about leaning down, it's a great, it's a great term, is what is on that list, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what often goes on that list is people's um, interaction with their customer. 
their intimacy and personalizing experience with customer and actually mm -hmm. goes down because they're so busy leaning down their staff and looking at what's going on with them. And again, those may be necessary things they need to do. Right. Maybe they lean, lean down uh, their marketing and all those things are understandable responses. But oftentimes it becomes a mentality. I'm leaning down everything. So I'm not going to have the same interaction because it costs a little bit more to do this for this customer. Or if I add this service for free, like I usually do, you know, I need to just pull back on that and maybe charge for it. And all of a sudden we become, we have a lean down mentality with our service and with the way we treat the people around us. And that that's where it starts becoming really tricky. And we have to have the maturity to say, okay, there's things I need to look at and assess and say what needs to change. And all the more I need to deliver and over deliver the experience. So that's what we did right. So the thing I did is I had, you know, we had a, we had a, a, a couple people that just shouldn't have been there and I should have been honest with myself, right? The thing we did right is I pulled back on everything that we were doing and started concentrating on relationships. And so some of the, I'll, I'll, I'll say some of the, you know, Jim Gogan, uh, uh, Bobby Wiener, uh, Harry Samwith, um, uh, Doug, Doug Parfett, Doug Cunningham is Chris knows what I'm talking about. Those are all founders of the mafia is I really concentrated on just building relationships up. That's what got us through. Yeah. It, and that's what will always get you through mm -hmm. those times, because at the end of the day, you know, I named the book um, customer relationship imprinting for a reason. Oftentimes in business, we're transactional. I do transaction with you. We're just doing business together. Yeah. But we miss the relationship part. And if we're building a relationship with those around us, it starts becoming some of that. What we talk about that relational Velcro that kind of keeps people connected Absolutely. to us because it's relational base. It's Absolutely. not it's not transactional base. If I want a transaction, I can get that anywhere. But a relationship becomes a different thing. And so the more we can do that with our customers and treat it as a relationship. I, I remember at the uh, at the at SEMA last year, I had all of your team get on their phone and actually send a video oh, message yeah. to some of their customers, just thanking them for being a customer. Right. So explain that real quick. And you know what? If you're listening to this, even the recorded version, do this, because I'll tell you, it was funny because so Michael took and told us, hey, we, we you know, send a video message to somebody that you really appreciate that's done business with you. And it's funny because there was two people in the room that I sent a video message to. And there was two people in the room that sent that not knowing we're going to do it. And I just named, I just named names just moments ago. That's great. That's great. So explain to, to, to people. And then our, my, my, my challenge to all of you listening is go do this. As soon as you hear this, Go do it. it. It's so interesting. We all have the ability to reach out to people with, with phones, right? Mm -hmm. We have such ability to send a text or whatever. If you would just take on a regular basis, maybe put it in your calendar if that's what you need to do. And once a week, some people do this once a day. Make a video of just thanking somebody for the business that they bring you and for being a customer or thank somebody that you work with. And it does two things. One, it reminds you to have a, an attitude of gratitude and to be mm. a thankful person. And the second thing is it's unexpected. How many people actually send a video, think a personalized video, thanking their customers? Nobody does that. So be that person. Actually, and the third thing it does is, you know, we, we talked about um, offline a little bit about brand and this, this idea that repetition creates reputation. Mm. And so say that again. Yeah, I want to land on that for a minute. So 
Repetition, the things that you and I do on a regular basis is what creates reputation. If you have a repetition of being thankful, if you have a repetition of doing more for your customers, all of a sudden the repetition, reputation takes care of itself. There's so many people looking to better their reputation or you know, give their brand more visibility and they really have it backwards. It's about serving and it's about reaching out to others. In fact, um, again, as Rennie said, I would, re I would encourage you today, pick one person, pick two people that you are gonna send a video message to, just thanking them, not asking them for anything, but just thanking them for being in your life or thanking them for uh, letting you do business with them. Because that's, mm. that's really the stuff that starts turning this into what we were really talking about earlier is this idea of our reputation as, as we get deeper into this is based upon people's repetition, their experience with us. Okay, so let's go one. We're going to go a little deeper. So, so attitude of gratitude. So I read something last year and um, about a habit that somebody, I can't even remember who it was. I wish I could give credit. Um, is they said when they right before they went to bed is they picked three things out there really thankful for from that day yeah and so i started doing that almost a year ago uh, about nine months ago god man it it really it really changed like i'd go to bed with all these thoughts spinning through my head and and that stopped i mean 90 percent of it stopped the only time i have a hard time sleeping now is when i fail to do that you know, it's funny. Um, I kind of do the opposite in the morning um, before I get out of bed. I, I don't get out of bed until I can name three things and say, Lord, I'm thankful for these three things. Yep. And it it's just ignites my day and kind of starts my day. Um, so then I'm, I'm, I'm going through my notes from when you spoke to our group. Okay. About six months ago. Um, I'm going through and I'm rereading. I'm a rereader. You know, it's the ADD in me. Um, and, I, and, and I had written that down. And I circled it. You know, I circled it. And so starting then, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd say, okay, uh, man above, these are the three things that I really want to make an impact on today. I want to be thankful tonight for these three things. Give me the strength and the courage. And some of them are difficult. So I'll, I'll share this morning is I wanted to show gratitude towards my wife. She went over the top last week. I wanted to show gratitude and appreciation for you being here. And then I wanted you and I combined to make an impact on one person's life is just one person takes something away. And, and those two habits have become, okay. So every morning we get up, uh Oh, Chris, we still there. You're still, you're still here. Audio is still good, but your picture froze. Oh boy. Well, that's not no, good. Now, now, could, it just, now it just came back. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know what's going on with my computer. It's really screwing up. Um, but we're not going to worry about it. We'll just keep going. How's that? So I've got all kinds of stuff popping up on my now. screen. Good. So cool. So um, when I fail to do one of those items, it shows in all of my life. When I do those items, I don't know if it's if it's if it's just like you know the mind's a powerful thing. Science can't reproduce. I mean, they can't even come close. This computer is amazing, right? I mean, you get, I'm, I'm ordering, getting ready to order Diana brand new computer. And I'm looking at, this is only a year old. And so I'm looking at how much they've, they've evolved in a year, right? They still can't even remotely, not remotely even compete with what's, what's inside of our That's big right. noggins, you know? 
but really what you're talking about is intentionality, right? If we're intentional about the things that we're doing and thinking about, we're intentional about the people that are in our life, we're intentional about the people that we're reaching out to, it becomes something different than just letting life happen to us or, or we'll do good to people as we get the opportunity. If we're intentionally looking to enrich other people's lives. Oh, man. That's really what you're what you're a absolutely. And last week's a testimony to that is that you, you I wish I wish people could get into my there, there was a couple of people that came up really young entrepreneurs. And when I mean young entrepreneurs, some of them are older, some of them are older than you or I, you know, but they're new at the entrepreneur segment. And some of the cool things that were said, the passion that was shared. So I had I had one um, couple, you know, they're a team, and they asked me, they said, you know, we're a little fearful of this economy. And I said, don't be fearful because it's going to come out. And I said, be prepared. If you have to take a job, take it. And I said, in 08, I said, we got, it got ugly, is that by 2010, I had spent so much money on retaining my staff and, 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 throwing um money every direction i'd been out of out market any slowdown before and i realized right then and there that i was just going to have to build on relationships and at all cost save this business because it was a solid good business and so um once i had that attitude things turned well let's, let's talk about that I, I would encourage anybody watching this as we think about the economy and even outside of the economy but what is your irreducible minimum? Right. Ooh, I like that. What is that? What is it that you can lean down and get down to the bare minimum, not to just survive? I don't want to get in a survival mentality, but the irreducible minimum says these are the things that I can do. And I guarantee you, if you put relationships at the top of your list, that it will never, you know, never leave that list of the irreducible minimum. You'll never be lacking because... If, as you build on relationships, it's a foundation that is like no other mm -hmm. because it, you know, it's, it's let this be sustained for years, even Absolutely. though we don't see each other no. every day. Yeah. Um, but that's the reality. And we all know that, but we get so busy in business. We, I got to hustle more business. I got to get new business, develop the relationships you have in front of you. I love it. That, that's what we're responsible for today. And tie that into an experience. And, and a lot of people think when they're having an experience yeah. is that you go into, I'm not a real fast food person, but I, I love Chick-fil-A is that you go in. Um, I've only had one. I don't eat there a lot because we don't have, thank God we don't have one close by. Um, but I go in there because I've, I've only had one off experience. Not even a bad one. It was off. And it was right during, it was all during the craziness of COVID, right? There happened having the same problems everybody across they couldn't they couldn't find people but yet they did you know and, and so and why is that yeah you, you think about some of these organizations when the economy is challenging or whatever it's because they have a couple things one they attract people that value mm -hmm. relationship and service number two and maybe it should be number one is none of it happens by accident they train this into the dna of their their people and if we want to say, if we want to sit here and say, you know, I give pretty good service. I don't really, you know, it's good to have tips or whatever, but I do a good job. We're missing the point. 
We have organizations that spend, Disney has something called the Disney Institute that they take their people through. We have organizations like In-N-Out where as you work your way through In-N-Out trying to get raises, you're watching videos that are about the company's policies, but about their vision. You know, none of it happens by accident. So I would encourage people, if you want to be great at service and even better at relationship, build it into your day by training. Read books, watch podcasts, mm -hmm. do things that are about training or about building relationships because truth be told, that's the stuff that matters. That's the attractant to not only customers, but um, other business leaders. You know, it's funny, an old boss of mine, uh, he used to tell me that everything in life is down to sales, everything. And even, you know, all three of us that are on right now, we're all three married, right? Well, what did we try to do when we when we met our, 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 our wives? Right. Dude, it was a, I don't know about you guys. It was a sales pitch, man. I mean, That's I married right. up, right? So, I, so did I. You know, and I still got to do the sales. I, I showed my my uh, picture of my wife to somebody the other day, and they're like, huh, really? Yeah, and you're like, what I'm the like, hell yeah, is I happening? Know, I know, you know I know. It's like, it. come on, man. It's okay. I'm a good salesman. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for somebody to ask me, you know, uh, is this your daughter? You know, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna lose my shit. Um, but you know, it everything comes to everything in my life was a sales opportunity but my boss used to say never get caught selling so so a lot of people don't understand that you've got to be so organically and so naturally comfortable with what it is you're doing and with yourself that it doesn't come across as a pitch or well, sales well, let me flip that a little bit let me change that and i'm gonna i'm gonna push back a little bit okay I would say, and you know, you and I have talked a little bit, Jeffrey Gittemore, who's the oh, king yeah, of sales, right? I love this guy. Um, so Jeffrey um, was instrumental and kind of connected me to publisher and, and that whole thing. And he is all about selling. So I, I have a great respect for sales and I'm a salesman by nature. I remember my first sales job was I would go with my dad to the swap meet. Mm -hmm. And when he was out looking for car parts, I would sell anything I sold at our little booth. I got to keep the money. So I became an instant salesman. Yeah, when I was like 10, right? So I'm all about sales, but I will say this. I don't think everything's about sales. Mm -hmm. I think everything's about relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you can build relationship, you will build sales. I like that. And especially as we get into tight economies or even as we get older, you realize I want to do business with the people I want to do business with. Life's too short to deal with people that are jerks or just to get a sale. And I get that sometimes we have customers that are not our favorite customers, but the reality is we want to do business based upon relationship because that's the stuff that lasts. That's the stuff that stands and relationships will turn into sales. Absolutely. The other thing is we had amazing, I'll tell you a true story is um, we, uh, we took and we started a new company, a transportation executive protection company back in, in 2001. It took us a year to get licensing. Um, it was it was a really complicated uh, city uh, to do business in. It was involved. We had we had to have permits for the airport. If you know anything about airports, they're real politically connected. It, <laughs> it takes a lot, you know, to get all that. So it took us about a year and about sixty five thousand bucks just, just just to, to get in the game. Just to get into the game, right? So we get into it, and we had a, a company um, that we really took and aimed at that was going to be our primary. We knew that they're their bucket of, of clients, which is a who's who's of, of, of clients, um, that we had to take and impress them. Well, they're out of New York, right? 
So they're an investment firm. And if you want to look this up as Allen and Company. So look up Allen and Company, Sunday, Idaho. That's exactly what, and you're going to see the level of clients they have. So our first year, our first month with them, when they had their first event is I've got Warren Buffett transporting him. Um, no security. We were a security to get him up to the to location. Basically, we we're a car. You know, I'm sitting here with Warren Buffett in the backseat. Right. How do you not ask questions? Oh, I did. I asked one. <laughs> um, and, and, and what I asked him is, I said, if you had one piece of advice for a young entrepreneur, what would it be? And he pulled out a look. I've told this a hundred times. If it's not written, it's not happening. He pulled out a little notebook and he says, this is my dream book. You can type everything you want. But unless you take an imprint, imprint this into your head by physically writing it. That's how humans, we don't do this as well. When we write it out, when we have to take the energy to write it out, is it makes sense. You know, the other thing, when you look at the kind of the, the pyramid of how we learn, one of the, the things that really happens to help us to learn something and really have make a mark on us is teach it to others. Absolutely. And, and service is such a great piece for that, because if I can serve the people around me, I can say, hey, this is how we take care of a customer. Hey, this is how we take care of um, our, our family. This is how we do. And none of us get it all right. But the idea if we're teaching it. We're learning it more than anybody. I dig it. Yeah. I absolutely and you know, you're a trainer. It. Yep. You, you learn more than anybody when you're doing a session. Well, it's funny because I uh, go back to 2014, 15. Um, you know, I mean, I've shot. I qualified in you know, the military. I've, I've done a lot of shooting. Diana, I love to shoot. But I, I'm not a marksman. I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not a sniper. You know, I'm not any of that. Well, there, we're putting out so many National Guards, uh, people from California, that it, they used, uh, they were using a lot of us. I had to go become a, a safety uh, uh, range officer at, with the Marine Corps because the guard was using the Marine Corps ranges. And I learned more in those days of being at the range teaching. Here I was, I'm not that great, but I'm dealing with people that have, hadn't shot a weapon since boot. And only shoot once a year. Well, I shoot a lot more than that, right? But once I started teaching that, um, the fundamentals and so forth, uh, they put a lot of money into helping us learn how to teach too. Maybe that's the takeaway for everybody today. Sit down and write 10 things about service that you want to teach others. Spend some time doing that because you'll find, first of all, we know a few things, but when we think about 10 things, that's a little bit harder and yeah. we start, if we start deep diving into it, we'll start realizing, wow, there's a lot that I could do. None of it's beyond a reach. In fact, one of the reasons I even wrote the book, I wrote it in such a way, is it's bottom shelf. It's very easy to understand, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of customer service books out there that are really heady and really um, data-driven, which are great. Um, but maybe that's the takeaway to sit here. If you want to really learn service and learn how to serve your customer, Write 10 things down of how you're going to do that and, and brilliant. greet that in the morning. Put that on your phone. Am I doing these 10 things? Right. You know, and it's I've got a couple different apps. Constantly, I'm constantly learning. You know, I can't get enough. It's it's and I think a lot of people as you age, you either you either go away from that or you gravitate towards it. The older I've gotten each year that 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 spins by is my my need, not even desire, my need for more knowledge increases dramatically and 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 i don't i don't know why you know I, I don't know if it's because i've set myself up uh and it's a habit or maybe it's a maybe it's an addiction you know of just wanting to learn more but um i can't i can't ever 
and then teaching. So I was telling Chris, he saw a charge come through on my credit card yesterday. And I went back through some of my original notes. We had a class coming in. I went all the way back to, you know, the era of 2010, a dozen years ago and said, okay, what was I teaching back then? And what were some things that maybe slipped by? Maybe, maybe we thought there was some newfangled, you know, technology. Is there anything that I'm missing now that just worked really well back then? And sure enough, there was one thing that stood out and I'm like, why the heck did we ever give that up? Yeah, so we get, we get like the shiny object onto the next thing. Absolutely. And, oh, yeah. and so with that is the same thing. Who do you teach? Well, you first off, teach yourself. You, you've, got to, you've got to teach yourself. Second off, anybody that's involved in your company in any way, you've got to take and have. I was at a shop in Utah. And you, and you are teaching them by every day that you don't teach them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You're showing them that it doesn't matter. You're showing them that, well, what's really important is the task and not the relationship or not the person. And, and so we need to be careful because we're always teaching. Yep, absolutely. Right. So here's the amazing. So jump back to when we started that company. So 2001, we start out and that company is going. I mean, it is going. So Allen and Company is utilizing us. We have celebrities utilizing us. We got the general public. It, it, it blossomed in months. So we're getting our investment back. 9-11 happens. Air travel stops. Travel stops. I had Herb Allen, the, the leader of Allen and Company, call me up one day and he goes, look it, um, we've never officially met, but my staff is really afraid that you just started this company and um, we need your services. We are so impressed with what you're doing with our clients and our team that I'm sending you a $50,000 check. 25,000 of that is a gift for your company because you've done so well. Wow. 25,000 of it's gonna be a credit. I will use that credit up by January 1st. We want to keep you alive. Wow. What 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 made him call? Wasn't your transactions? It wasn't our transactions. Yeah. It was our experiences. It was how much we cared. Yeah. It was taking a personal interest. And in oh in 08, when that happened, I had to go back to that because I was about, okay, I got to get transactions in, right? I've got all these people. And we do. That's part of doing business. It is. We have to do transactions. But but what I didn't look at is I had key staff that I should have been looking at them and me and everybody else. If they're not a magnet, if they're staying around for a paycheck, this is big. If they're staying around for a paycheck, you, they probably need to go, let them go get another, another job. Because if it's your survival and it's not, don't hurt yourself. Don't get it to where your schedule's all screwed up where you, cause you, if you can't provide the service, they're going to go find it somewhere else. Our, our attention span. But here's the other thing is what I love with Michael, what he's sharing with us, when you make, when you implant yourself in your experiences, what made Disney Disney was those experiences and those interactions. They will stick, people will stick by you and Herb Allen it is they will call you up. They're going to want to take and support you. We've got a really good friend of ours that um, we need, we have a project that we're going to do for next. We're moving our horses here. So we're, we're getting the property ready. I know that he's going to be slowing down. So I put a call into him yesterday and said, look at, hey, if it's slowing down in, in winter and spring, I you need to let me know ASAP before I pull this trigger with somebody else. I know this isn't what you do typically, but if it's keeping you busy, he calls back and he goes, you know, it's funny because uh, the funnels, it's I'm not getting as much in and it looks like I might be really slow starting in about February. That was because he made an impact. Yeah. You know, and so I want I want to. 
customers are going to reach out and they're going to support you. But if you don't have these things going right now, and if you don't have, if you don't know what you're again, admit yourself. Are you just there taking a check? Well, and and you bring up an interesting point because I don't want to confuse people by saying if you make it all about relationships, then um, that's a, a means to an end. I'm going to do the relationships. So I'll get more money from you. I'm going to do the relationships so you'll just do more business with me. It's not evil, wicked, and bad, but you need to do the relationship part because it's valuable. Absolutely. In and of itself, the business will come out of it. Right. And in fact, I would encourage everybody to write down, send yourself a text right now that says it's all about relationships. Because we could summarize everything that we're talking about that it's all about relationships. Because at the end of the day, we've talked before about, you know, all of us have an expiration date. And at the end of it all, it's really who we loved, mm -hmm. who loved us. And I believe what we did for Jesus. It's really those three pieces, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's all based on relationships. Yesterday, okay, we have relationships with four banks. Okay, um, I, I, I've always been. My grandma grew up through the Great Depression. Kind of scatter our, our investments a little bit, right? But we're really, we're in the last three weeks. I've gone into the three banks that we have strong relationships with, and um, it was such an honor for me to be in their presence. Now, the bank I went in and met with yesterday, it was such an honor for them to earn my presence. You get the difference yeah. is those three banks that I've got invest. I've got money there with them treated us like dog poop on the bottom of a shoe. And I went into, and I'll name them chase bank yesterday. Uh, I went in a couple weeks ago to find out what we need to do. We, we, we changed some things up. Uh, they put me the specialist. They set an appointment. Okay. And I said, man, I'd love to get it done today. And she goes, you know, unfortunately, um, this account's going to be an important one to us. We only have two people that we trust, uh, to set this up the right way with you. And we want it done right. And so, you know, we're not a fast turn bank as we really want to take and do things right and study your accounts, study what we need. And she says, so how about, does that sound good? Well, how can you argue that they're going to do a better job? And so all of a sudden my unwillingness to wait became a very much a willingness to wait. Absolutely. Because they, they were creating the understanding that they wanted to build trust and you were valuable. Absolutely. Then I walk in yesterday. I don't get an appointment with one person. I get an appointment with the gal that sets up the accounts. So she's entering data. I have a, a relationship management uh, manager there and I had a, a private banking manager there. And the, I mean, they don't know what I'm going to do. Sure. They have no idea. And so I'm hitting them up. We, we talked before we came on is Chase's uh, chairman of the board just sold off $148 million. So I hit him with that. I said, you know, what, what, how are you guys handling this, man? I mean, it wasn't good press for you guys. And they said, you know, uh, we're going to be honest. We see what's coming. Yeah. And he saw what's coming and he's to the point he's re at the retirement age. We know it's going to slow down. Um, and so we, we are preparing. So, um, what he did is what he did. He had to do what he had to do, but they are so dedicated. The experience, the difference between, honestly, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of banks. I've never been treated with, without, with so, so much respect and had such an amazing experience. Well, it's interesting there. There's, there's so often the more mentality 
And the Mormon mentality says, somebody needs me to do a job for them. I need more work. I, I can do more. And we end up living a poor experience. Absolutely. What they told you yesterday was, we want your business, but in order for us to do it in a way that you're going to be happy and that we feel like we've done right by you, this is what it'll take. When somebody says that, like you have uh, many people here, maybe are, are in the detail industry, right? Right. It'd be better to say, I can't do your, your vehicle tomorrow because I want to really give it the attention it needs. Absolutely. And if, if you can give me another day, I think you'll be pleased with that. You'll, you'll get that customer yep. because they don't just want you, you know, um, the wash and dry guys are everywhere, but they want somebody to really, you know, detail a car and give you that service. Right. Every time they'll say, oh, absolutely wait for it. Why? Because you're over delivering. Last week, we're at and that, that's the stuff that builds a relationship. It, it, it is, it is. And you know, it's funny because last week um, I had somebody, you know, it's everybody's right now, you know, is the request for, so they want us to attend an event. And um, I've got this whole theory going into next year's that just no squeeze, right? Two, two times, this is a good illustration that we'll share with you, is that um, we had two demands um, that people wanted it right now. And I said, you know, I told Chris this, this yesterday, is, man, if we keep squeezing, it just turns into a whole year of squeezing. And then I get to the end of the year and I say the same thing, is that oh, I didn't have a vacation with my wife. We just, we work, work, work. I'm all about hard work, but I'm more about smart work. And so what I did is as soon as they requested that at the event, I said, you know, I didn't say no. Don't ever say no. Didn't say no. <laughs> but what I did say, and I said, you know, unfortunately, my spring, my winter and spring is completely packed. But you're looking into April, May. We can make that happen. And, I, you know, in my mind, I'm going, what's going to, you know, what's going to be the pushback? And they go, oh, okay, that works. That works great. Yeah. There wasn't any pushback. The same thing as I've got another opportunity, and I said, "Hey, it's going to have to wait until fall." Oh God, that's a great time for us. Yeah. So my perception was, "Ooh, I we put that on ourselves. Yeah, I got to give it to them. I got to get it yeah. to them now." Yeah. And 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 really, they weren't. They might have been thinking that, but and I didn't reason with them. I didn't. I I didn't just like, oh my God, I just I'm you know I can't I'm too busy. I don't like that. I don't even like that word. Right? Is I just just kindly said this is this is when i can make it happen if you are giving a valuable service and doing it in such a way that people understand they're getting the best that can mm -hmm. be given right they'll wait for it they will and we they do will. that right we have places we do business with i you know a couple of years ago there was an a guy that did front end alignments mm -hmm. um out in the Inland empire and i just happened to roll into his place and I heard the way he talked to potential customers and it was, it was amazing. So he had tons of cars. All he did was front end alignments. His whole business is doing front end alignments. And he would have people come in. Oh, I really need this alignment done today. He goes, well, I can see that, um, that you're wanting it done now. He goes, what I do is I'll look and he goes, walks them through the process. What he does, he goes to do that and to really align your car, I'm going to need you to come back next week. Well, I can't come back next week. Well, okay. That's okay. Um, you know, there's several other places you can go. Well, when next week could I come? That's you know, exactly because it. because basically they're saying, I'm going to give you a valuable service. And he was educating this person along the way. Here's what you need. Here's how I know you need this just by looking at your car briefly. Ooh, that, okay. So, so many times people lead into when people put a demand on you, they lead into why they can't. Yeah. Instead, explain your services and why 
while you're valuable for them to wait. People so, always wait for value. Mm, always. We all of us will. I, I love that. That is instead of saying, wow, we're so busy right now. That's not the way to go into that conversation. I mean, what you right. say is say, you know, is, is, is look at, this is really special to us. You know, this is what we do, you know, alignments and your car needs this, this, and this. And to do that um, between, you know, we're, we're in demand, you know, we're in demand. Also, I need to order parts for you and everything else, get everything going. So we don't want anything to slack once you're here. So unfortunately it's not a right now service, but in seven days we can get you, we can get you in, get you done the right way. People will always wait for value. Man, that's if you and I decided we're going to go out to um, a steak dinner in LA, the best steak that LA has to offer. Mm -hmm. And we got there and they said, oh, it's going to be a two hour wait. We wouldn't say, let's just have a hot dog on the street. Right. We'll wait for it because that's what we, that's what we're wanting. We know that's what we want. Oh yeah. You go to, you go to Chick-fil-A and the one in Redlands closed down. You know why? They had too much traffic. They're, they're building a new, a new site that can handle the trip. I mean, what a great problem to have for a business. I you know. Um, I was talking to Gittimore uh, and he was talking about how he, there was a Kentucky fried chicken and just across the street was a Chick-fil-A. And he said, nobody was at Kentucky fried chicken. And it, and for me, chicken's chicken. I don't know. It's not that great a chicken, but they provide such a great service. Absolutely. You know, the whole, it's my pleasure. Like they've built into the lexicon of service. It's my pleasure. Right. Serve. It's my pleasure. You know? And so if we can do that with our business, if we can find a way to create experiences to your earlier point that are different than everybody else, one of the ways that we can do that, a lot of people forget about is we, we need to personalize the experience. Hmm. Um, you know, everybody Jeez. has this, especially when we get into to work like you do in the detail industry, there's a process to it. And mm -hmm. so it, feels, it starts feeling like one size fits all, but the truth is one size fits one. And so I heard this great story of this idea of personalizing, regardless of what we do personal, um, what we do for business. And it was this guy who was a New York City waiter. And so it just proves that whatever you're doing, you can personalize an experience. And he worked at a four-star restaurant. And he had four of these people at his table. And there were foodies from out of state. And they were talking about how, oh, it's been so great. We got to eat at all our favorite restaurants. And one person said, the only way to get is I really wish we could have had a New York City hot dogs in New York. Mm -hmm. This waiter went to the back, hung up his stuff, ran out the front oh, door, how cool is that? found a cart, bought some hot dogs, and brought to their table, which is, by by the way, a huge no-no in the restaurant industry. Yep. He brings in the hot dogs, and he says this. He goes, so there are no culinary regrets. I give you a New York City hot dog. Wow. And what he said, he said, you know what? what's interesting about that experience he goes, I could have given them buckets of caviar and the best champagne that we had. He goes, it wouldn't have the impact of giving them, them hot what dog. they wanted because it was personalizing that experience. And so I bet I, that was an expensive hot dog. Um, it didn't matter at that point. No, he said, he said, no, he gave it to him. Wow. He gave it to him. He, said, he didn't, he was personalizing the experience. Now those people will go home. They may forget his name, but they will never forget the never. restaurant that did that never. for them. Never. So as we think about the service we provide, whatever those services are, we have to figure out how to personalize it. Because if we personalize it, all of a sudden it becomes something entirely different, something relationally based. It becomes something, you know, unique to that, that, that customer. That, uh, we have to, but we have to pick up on the cues. So, you know, people in big cities, New York, first time in New York City, right? I want to go get a dirty dog. You know, that's what they call them. And you know, it's a it's a fast paced city, right? I mean, everybody's moving, moving, moving. So I walk up to this cart, and a friend of mine had, had told me, "Hey, you want to go to this cart? This guy, 
this is the one. Right? And the carts in New York, like, okay, this is my cart. I've been here for 30 oh, years. Yeah. If they die, I retire, that people yeah. move up one street. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's hardcore business. So I go up and this guy's, you know, he's got, you know, a Brooklyn, you know, New York accent, Italian accent. And I walk up and um, I told him, you know, and it's my first one. He goes, where, where are you from? So California. He goes, okay, you don't know how to order a dirty dog. He goes, I'm going to make it for you the way it should be made. That was a man. That was the best hot dog I've ever had in my <laughs> life, man. That was. I sat there. I went around the corner, ate one, came back, got another one. Said, "Make it the same way." You know, it was just incredible. Maybe again and again, something as simple as a hot dog became extraordinary. Simple. Something is is you know Chase going to the bank. I mean, it was. I already got a text while we we're on here from the private the the the, the manager of our account saying what a pleasure it was and and there with his person that's his work cell phone. You know. Um, when, oh, it's, it, and you know what, the thing I love that we haven't talked about is the building of this relationships in the experience can cost you nothing. You, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that people forget is kindness is currency. And mm. end of the day, we don't, we're not kind because it's currency, but the truth is the more we go out of our way. And this is what I said about earlier of picking up on some of the cues. If you are, especially, I mean, if you're working in somebody's home or you're working with somebody's car, you've been given all these clues of what their life is really about by what's Amen. in the ashtray. Maybe they have yep. pictures of their kids or maybe they have, you know, a, a pass to Disneyland in the window. You kind of know, mm -hmm. you know, what can you do that would be unique to each one of your customers that maybe it's a little extra thing you can do for them. Who knows? Or say but, to them. Or say to them. It, it's, it's the simple things of just, again, one size fits one, not one size fits all. We have to personalize experience. We have to pick up on the cues that are coming. So, okay. So yesterday I'm in there. This is really important. Th these people are doing a sales pitch, right? right? But I didn't feel I was getting sold, right? Because so, they were building relationships. Yeah. So I said something about they, 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 um, one of them said something about their dog that they'd just gotten a puppy. I said, Oh, what kind of puppy? And so showed me pictures and they, they have, they have, dogs right and i tell people key in on this i said yeah we have four we just lost one we had five but we lost one and um they're like oh so next thing they do and they said well can we see a picture of your dogs what's that doing right it's just buttering me up man i mean so then they're like um i said something and i said oh my god if i'm going to show you a picture of my of dogs i got to show you a picture of my horses you know and 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 they just played i say play along they took an interest and and can you guys already see i made that relationship less than 24 hours ago do i do i sound pretty cemented with them it's done done deal it's done it's well and you know until they fail if they fail one of the things that businesses that supply great customer experiences they have that what we call what i call relational velcro which is they create more meaningful interactions with their customers mm -hmm. and that's exactly what they did it was more meaningful cuz they 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 tapped into something that was important to you outside of business. And you know, the programs they showed me, so they go, listen, this, we're going to show you our whole menu. And I love that because it's something that we started teaching, you know, about oh, a couple of years ago, show everybody the whole menu. You don't know who they are. They might come in in a Toyota minivan, but that minivan, they might be planning on keeping it for eight, 10 years. And so that superior or, service, or they might have a really nice car sitting yeah, in, exactly. in a weekend ride. Yeah, sitting exactly. In their exactly. Garage, yeah. And so, um, we're going to show you ideally where we think we need to place you account wise. And then we'll show you everything else. 
So they showed me that. And as they're going through the other ones, I stopped them. I said, no, I'm good. Let's just go with that one. It was, it was a more expensive. There was tie-ins to that. There was, and not that it cost me, but there was tie-ins to it. And it was mutually beneficial. They, they added conveniences into that level that did cost a little bit up front, you know, but that continued usage of those things was absolutely free. But the convenience of it is they're covering their cost. They're getting it. They're reducing their workload. They're making my life easier. Now, which came first, the conversation about the dogs, and everything, or what oh, you just said? The dogs. So what happened is they established trust. They did. They, they and once they established trust, you're like, okay, this looks better. I, I didn't feel like I was there yeah. to, to for a banking relationship. <laughs> right, right. I felt like, you know, I could have lunch with any of these people and been comfortable. We talked business. Here's the other important thing. All of these, the the one young the, the one gentleman that came in that's got our account now, and I can't uh, Kevin. Kevin is his name. I met less than 24 hours ago, and I didn't pull his name up that quickly, right? Um, right before we're just concluding everything, he goes, you know, I have a feeling that just by – that you've had some interesting clients. What piece of advice has somebody else shared with you that you'd share with me? What a great question. And I went, well, you know, and I shared a story. Uh, what did he do is that he paid homage that I'm 20 years older than him yeah. as he showed respect towards wisdom. Uh, and he, he was seeking really what he's after. That wasn't a sales move at all. That was an educational opportunity. It must be better. Yeah. He, yeah. This, 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 he's, yeah, he's, he's building himself guy. up. Whatever's next on his radar, he's, he's educating himself to go to the next level. And so, you know, I did that with many clients is that I do the exact same thing. Somebody coached him or naturally he picked it up. But I would always somebody that had a life um, that I kind of that I kind of liked that I can envision. And really, I've got I, Tom Lentz is I, I've mentioned Tom so many times. Tom's a guy now. I am now his age. I'm at the point he was 25 years ago. So, you know, here I was in my 20s. And, you know, late 20s, early 30s, and he was, you know, in his 50s. And, and now I've, I've actually built the life that, that he had. Yeah. Is that I've gotten to that point. And, and so guys like us, all we want to do is go out and we want you all, we can't cut it down. We can't, if you're 20 and listen to this, I can't get you there by the time you're 25. It's just not going to happen. But I might be able to get you there if you're really, if you're really on it, you know, by the time you're 35. You but, know? but the truth is, and this is one of the things that's rarely talked about in these circles of entrepreneurship is it's always about the hustle and working harder and yeah. working longer and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's great. Um, but humility, mm -hmm. the humility to ask the questions. And I think, you know, you and I would both agree. We learn the most when we say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing here or I need some help with this. Um, I remember years ago, I um, it was my first week. I was a young guy um, as a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. And somebody in the church said, hey, hey, we have a house which you can take your 30 high school you've known for a week to the river on a trip. Wow. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I call another guy that I had met, relationships, another pastor, older guy. I said, I got supposed to do this trip. I don't know what I'm doing. And he sent me a whole guide. Here's how you do it, right? And it, the humility that it took for me, and some of it was honestly just desperation more than humility, 
gave me a foundation to understand what's going on. And there's so many people today that's like, yeah, they're doing the thing, but I'm doing it my way. Or and, and that's the school of hard knocks. Oh, but, yeah, man. But that kid, Kevin, that comes to you and says, give me a piece of advice, that's he's gonna be all right, you know. And the people that come alongside and and even at our age, like I'm I'm still asking questions. Oh, absolutely. So anybody that will provide an answer, I'll say, Hey, what about this? What about that? How do I do this? I'm I'm not sure I've done it this way for so long, or I've I've tried this. Um, you know, we have a mutual friend that um that I just got off a call. We have a standing call every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. And we ask each other some of those questions. And it takes humility to do that. And I say, well, let me tell you what I'm doing, you know. Well, I think that's, that's a big deal. I think that's a good spot to exit out of here yeah. with this is that you just nailed it. Wisdom influences youth and youth influences wisdom. Is both of those feed each other. And I think it's really important with that. So and humility is the glue that ties all that together. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, this rocks, man. So, awesome. hey, Chris, that's all we got, man. Let's end it there. And I want to thank you all. Um, you know, we had a – God, just – this is great. It's fantastic. We got a few more hours, though. We're going to hammer some stuff out. Yep. Uh, hey, we want to take it again. Thank you all for coming in. This is pretty special. Yep. I was going to say it's, it's uh, too bad that's it because it was all really good. This is – uh, you know, I'm sitting here behind the, the scenes and I'm going to go re-listen. So, right now, this is we <laughs> wanted this conversation. You know, Mike and I are, are going to go brainstorm some stuff. Um, we go got cause some, some trouble. Together. We're going to go cause some trouble and, and, and figure out, you know, and again, you know, here we are into well into our our careers. But we are looking at ways of still building and, and influencing and changing lives. Uh, including our own. And so it's not to uh, never feel guilty for making a profit. Uh, you know, that's, that's never feel guilty about that, especially if it's an honest profit. So, Hey, take care. I get to go to the chiropractor. Mike's going with me and then we're going to go, uh, we're going to go find some trouble. Thanks for listening right, to the Red right. Royal podcast. Thanks everybody. Have a great you by detailing success and we'll PNS double black. Listen to new episodes weekly and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues.